News Radio 92.3. Now it's time to play Which Host Did This? Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi? This host was shot at by gorillas. Who is it? Time's up. The correct answer is Bobby Rossi. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. He said, we've been here too many times before. We cannot continue down this path. America can't not stand silent. Let it serve as a call to action for every lawmaker in our nation at every level. Yeah. What action do you, would you like to see Congress take? Well, I don't know that there's any law that can stop that evil that we saw that is just, I mean, just difficult to watch. Um, what strikes me is just a lack of respect for human life. Um, so I don't know that any law, any training, any reform is going to change. You know, th th this man was handcuffed. They continued to beat him. Yeah, so this is Jim Jordan, uh, Representative Jim Jordan, talking with uh, Chuck Todd. Uh, Jim is the, uh, Representative Jordan is the head of the Judiciary Committee, is why he's on, uh, to talk about this and, you know, the classified documents and investigations and all that. But the lead, obviously, was a Tyree Nichols video that came out on Friday. You heard um, David talking about this at the top of the hour and, um, you know, saying, well, what do we need to do now? And. Remember, just as a default setting to always remember, doing nothing is always an option. I mean, it's it's a very unsatisfying option, but sometimes the impulse to do something is worse than the default, which is to do nothing. And sometimes you look at a situation which is horrible, and I have watched, and we'll talk about the video in just a minute, you know, I've watched all of it. Okay, it's awful. The charges are correct. The cops beat that guy to death. I mean, didn't he didn't die immediately, but that's what happened. And we'll talk about this with our law enforcement friend, Santa Rosa Sheriff's Office, later today, and you know Chip Simmons tomorrow. But um, you can see it plain as day on video what happened. They beat him to death. And so Chuck Todd's like, "Well, let's ban chokeholds." And Jim Jordan's like, "Well, did did they use chokeholds? They didn't." I mean, what's what's the relevance of that? That's that's a completely irrelevant question to bring up. But when you are interested in finding some, you know, what can we do, whether it's going to work or not, to make ourselves feel better, that's the kind of question that you ask. You know, so Jim, so he asked, you know, what what about chokeholds? Let's let, let's fix this, right? Because Jim Jordan's first answer is, you know, there's I don't know that any law would have solved this. I, and I agree with him. I don't know what law would have solved this. Why not a federal ban on chokeholds? That seems to be, that's agreed upon, right? You're, you're well, comfortable with I'm, a full federal ban on chokeholds for well, police officers? Well, I'm for the best training possible, but what I'm not for is what we saw there. I don't mm -hmm. know that any, any training, any ban, there was no chokeholds used there. What they did there was just, just 
continue to beat this this Mr. Nichols. And so I don't know if that's yeah, the answer. It, it just didn't have anything to do with that. Why would you even bring that up? You had a bunch of guys who got all ramboed up on a guy who was reckless driving. Maybe. We don't have the uh, before they assault the car, right? We don't know what happened there. Um, then they beat on him and yell at him and get him to the ground, and then he eventually runs away, and somebody else catches up with him, and then they repeatedly beat him. I don't think they were trying to kill him, but they definitely did. You know, they didn't shoot him, but they definitely beat him within an inch of his life, and then he died. I was like, what does a chokehold have to do with that? And so Chuck Todd's like, well, uh, what about these wandering cops? But we, we've had this issue of wandering cops, for instance, where literally you can go across state lines. You've, you've been adjudicated as somebody who shouldn't be a cop in yeah. one jurisdiction, and you can get a job somewhere else. No, that's a good point. And, and this is why people want this database. Yeah, that's a good point. There should be some way. I don't know if you need it to be the federal government. There should be some way if a, if a police officer is moving from Indianapolis to Columbus, there should be some way for them to know if there have been adjudicated complaints against that guy. Right. So you know what you're getting, because I think, so I think there was one of these. So don't you have to do this on the federal level? I would prefer it much be uh, it be done uh, if we can incentivize. I much I much prefer it be done at the state and local level. Okay, okay, that's a nonsense answer from Jim Jordan, but it's also a nonsense question. That also doesn't have anything to do with this case. Of course, there should be a national database for cops who get fired for misconduct. I mean, this, of course, of course, and it shouldn't be mandated. It shouldn't be run by the states. That doesn't even make any sense. That's like the uh, the problem you have with um, salvage titles for cars. You know, you're like, uh, if you buy, and I ran into this personally, so I know. Um, you know, a car that got wrecked in Texas, got sold across state lines, would, would have been a salvage title in Texas. They retitled it without the salvage title and tried to sell it to me. <laughs> I know because I almost bought it. And I tried, I remember looking into this back in the day when it happened to me when I was living in Arizona. I was like, there's got to be a solution for this. And the answer is there's no solution. Nobody's responsible. It just happens. Wicked people do it. Okay, so, you know, wicked cops get caught doing something horrible. They get fired, and then they just go, you know, somewhere else. Maybe that law enforcement agency does their due diligence. Maybe they don't, but there's no national registry that should be there to prevent that from happening. But, again, that doesn't have anything to do with this case. That wouldn't solve this. That's not the truth for any of these officers. So why are you talking about that? Well, because we got to have something to talk about, <laughs> you know? Instead of just talking about how it's possible that some police officers who get in the heat of the moment and are angry, clearly, and they don't know how to restrain themselves in the use of force, and they just get to wailing on a guy. And then somebody uses the pepper spray, so half of them are wandering around with pepper spray in their eyes, coughing and wheezing and can't stand up straight, and then they repeatedly come back to beat on him. And then he dies, which is what happened here. And they didn't think he died, which he didn't die at the scene, right? He didn't die for a couple of days. It's none of these legal remedies is going to solve this. You say, well, better training would solve it. Yeah, probably. You say, well, more cameras would solve it. Dude, they had body cameras on and there was a sky cop camera from a telephone pole across the street. There was actually a point in this video, if you watch it, and I, I bet most of you haven't watched the whole video, but there's a point in this video after the main, like, beating him with the baton and then beating him with their fists, like, holding him up to get him to, to beat him in the face with the fist, one guy. After that, one of the cops kind of wanders over, and you can see very clearly on the Sky Cop, the uh, the 
you know, the pole camera, that he shines his light at the at the pole camera, which, unless I totally misunderstand human nature, is him going, oh, crap. Look, there's a camera up there. See? See, guys? Crap. I mean, what else would be the reason for that? And now they've got body cameras on, so you'd think that'd already be there, but it wasn't enough. And look, I, he, he shouldn't have run, obviously, but he did. But they were giving him weird, they were yelling at him, and he was already doing what they were telling him, okay? And, uh, you know, there, there's not really anywhere for you to hang. You're like, well, maybe there's room for the cops to be right on this. And look, you know, was he on drugs? No, it doesn't seem like it. You know, did he keep resisting? I, I can't see that in the video. Was he strong? Maybe. Does that justify any of this? Absolutely not. I mean, just, just okay, it, I said I'd, I'd show you some of the video. Um, I'll probably do it more next hour, but um, there's a weird part toward the end of the videos, and it, it's kind of stitched together from body cameras and then the sky cop in the back to the body cameras, and there's a part toward the end where they're still recovering from the pepper spray and exhaustion because physical fighting is exhausting. Even if you're the one doing the wailing on the defenseless victim, it's still exhausting. Um and they're all kind of standing around talking after. This is also after you've got the cop showed his light at the, at the Sky Cop video, at the Sky Cop camera. And they're kind of just, you know, amongst themselves talking. And I know it's hard to understand, but what the, the gist of it is, they're just talking about the event, which is normal. And they're saying he went for his gun, went for his gun, went for my gun. Uh, there's no evidence of that on the video. It's hard to tell. It's always hard to tell. On, you know, it's so difficult on video like this, especially at night. Now, is that is that some cops realizing that they better come up with an explanation? I don't know. Is that cops saying what really happened? I don't know. But none of that. Where they hold him up and beat him in the face five times... Or when they all walk a little bit away from him to create some space so that one guy can go to wailing on him with the baton, um, it just it can't be justified, right? And that's why they've been charged, and that's why they were arrested, and that's why you know they bonded out. And so this is the, this is the process. So, do I have a like takeaway? Do this? No, I I don't, because I think that people do horrible things. They often do them in the presence of other people who are egging them on to do horrible things. And everybody's hoping somebody else, you know, somebody should have led, somebody should have stood up, somebody should have stopped them and said, hey, guys, this is, we need to quit. Yeah. And nobody did. And that's it. And now somebody's dead. 520 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. My dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure for fast, powerful nighttime relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure. Like my dad. Medicine. Use it directed. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test.
Do you struggle with occasional nerve aches in your hands or feet? Try Nervive Nerve Relief from the world's number one nerve care company. Nervive tablets contain alpha-lipoic acid to relieve nerve aches, weakness, and discomfort, plus B-complex vitamins to support healthy nerve function as you age. Live life with less nerve discomfort with Nervive Nerve Relief. Learn more at NerviveHealth.com. And try Nervive Pain Relieving Cream to block nerve pain signals at the source. Use as directed. When you listen to News Radio 92.3 on Saturdays, you get the Garden Line Encore at 9. At home with Gary Sullivan at 10. Swan Capital at 1. Let's go Pensacola at 4. <laughs> TTFN. Ta-ta for now. You know, somebody writes in here a, a, a very appropriate comment and says, uh, look, we already have all sorts of laws and procedures and rules governing police behavior just like this. And that's why it's not something that a ban the blank can fix. That Exactly. This is, look, again, you know, analogies are never perfect. OK, but um, this is like somebody who legally applies for a gun license legally waits if they have a waiting period in place um, for three days it you know buys a shotgun a relatively innocuous weapon in the grand scheme of things and then uses it to kill some people you know what's what's your law that's going to prevent that nothing there's no law that's going to prevent that everything was done properly you know it just and I'm not saying anything was done properly here I'm saying no law would prevent that no law would prevent this People are sometimes just going to do awful things. Could training have prevented it? Maybe. Probably not. So do you need system-wide changes for this? What would your system-wide change be? 523 on News Radio 92.3. And listen, that, that may sound kind of you know defeatist or, or ho-hum. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I think it's awful. It's horrible. It's genuinely horrible. But sometimes in this world full of people, horrible things do just happen. And that's all there is to say about it. And then you punish them and then you keep going. 524 on News Radio 923. David Wayne's got our headlines. David? According to a new survey from the Pew Research Center, the biggest concern for parents uh, these days is their kids' mental health. Uh, the Pew Research Center tallied more than 3,700. Uh, U.S. parents last year, and they say 47% of respondents said they're extremely or very worried that their kids will struggle with anxiety or depression. Uh, there's a GoFundMe account set up for Tyree Nichols. His memorial fund has now passed $1.1 million. There have been over 29,000 donors. That account created by Nichols' mother. And uh, the man accused of attacking Paul Pelosi, not apologizing for what he did. He's actually apologizing for what he did not do. David DePap uh, apparently called a San Francisco TV station last Friday and from the jail and told the reporter that he was sorry he didn't get more of them. DePap, of course, has pleaded not guilty. Uh, he's scheduled back in court next month. Wow. Well, easy verdict there. Bold move. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. All right, uh, David, thanks so much for the update. 525 on News Radio 92.3. You know, it's kind of funny. He, um, uh, David mentions the uh, anxiety that parents have about their children having anxiety. <laughs> 
not really on the path to success. Um, but did you see the uh, the Winnie the Pooh test, Candy, by chance? The, the Winnie the Pooh test? Yeah, there's a um, there's a new psychological test roaming around the internet. And the premise of it is that if you look at the seven primary characters, and I don't know why um, they didn't include Owl or Kanga on this list, but they didn't. But if you look at the, uh, the other seven characters, uh, what you find is that um, each of them demonstrates the, they're somewhere on a diagnosable spectrum. Okay. Okay. So, for example, uh, Piglet would be the anxiety spectrum. Oh, okay. Right, Piglet. Oh, no, no. This, is it yeah. like to which one you identify for? Well, or, sort of. Like, what? Or they just say this this yeah, goes that. Well, okay. uh, I'll get there. It's All just right. that each each one is kind of like if you had to pick the diagnosis that would most fit them, if they were pathological, then Piglet would be anxiety. Tigger would be ADHD. Of course, squirrel. Um, you know, <laughs> that makes oh, sense. That's yeah. impossible. Uh, <laughs> rabbit would be uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. That makes sense. Slash you know, controlling personality. Um, they called Rue autism, and I thought, how dare you? Um, I don't understand the Rue one, I guess, but they, that's what they say, is if you're going to diagnose one, whatever. Eeyore, obviously depression. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, uh, Pooh is uh, ADD. At, uh, I don't know always the difference between ADD and ADHD, but, you know, whatever. Um, you know, because he's just kind of always, you know... Who's a very short attention span, you know, doesn't what? think his actions through very well, thinks that floating up to the bees is going to get him the honey, you know, with the, the balloon, whatever. <laughs> That's how he gets stuck. And now this right. one I also <laughs> took offense to, Christopher Robin, because these characters are very dear to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Robin, schizophrenia. Well, I mean, that makes he sense because he's voices talking to a bear. Talking to a, yeah, yeah, a bunch the, of stuffed animals. Yeah, I mean, I see where they're coming from here. Uh, a vivid imagination of an alternate reality that's separated from this one. And I mean, you're right. Okay. So um, Owl's not on the list. Kanga's not on this list. And then what you do is you take this test that gives you like these 35 questions of, you know, I often feel anxious in social situations or I often. And what the test is meant to show in you is how which of those diagnoses would be the one that you're the most likely to get of any of them. Mm-hmm. And so I took the test. Who do you think I align with? You're not a big Winnie the Pooh aficionado, but um, t- take a stab here. Oh, let's see. Um, rabbit. Uh, no, <laughs> I married Rabbit. <laughs> Yeah, that's accurate. You did. Okay. No, I married. I, I married Rabbit, pretending to be t- uh, to be Tigger, because uh, that's her personality. She would admit it. She's, okay. You know, Rabbit masquerading as Tigger, um, and wonderful as both, by the way. Uh, no, I'm a um, I'm a Winnie the Pooh slash Tigger. Oh, okay. Only because Owl is not an available option. But I would 100% be Owl. <laughs> I, would, I would be Owl Tigger. Is Owl That'd the be, smart one? Owl is the uh, pretentious storytelling. Yeah, know it all. Right, exactly. Hmm. All right, so. No, that's true. So here's the thing. <laughs> See? Right, yeah, exactly. You are totally the Owl. So here's the thing. When I went and looked at it, I'm, I'm answering these questions, and I'm like, I'm nowhere on the pathology scale for any of these things. Um, but yet they scored me as being most likely to be diagnosed as ADHD or ADD for Pooh and, and, Tig- and Tigger. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, I'm not. So the problem with this test is it just gives you which, ca- it's more of a which character you like and therefore which diagnosis could be the one. But really, it doesn't allow for healthy versus pathological. Like, you could have the personality traits that align with, but that's not the same as having a diagnosable pathology. No, absolutely not. And that's yeah. what I thought was kind of stupid about it. But I think the mindset is pervasive for the professors who developed this because if you ask the average psychiatrist or psychologist, what you find is they think everybody's got something. 
Right. Sure. Everybody's Everybody got does. something, sometimes sure. more than one. Well, everybody's on one spectrum or another. And, I mean, and, and, it's a but, spectrum. Yeah, but the difference is that you might be a, you know, you might be a one on this spectrum and a zero on all the others. That's super healthy. Yeah, <laughs> and there's, right. 100%. And so the, you know, the, the psychologist, the psychiatrist never says, oh, no, you don't need therapy. Now, everybody needs therapy, right? That's the, 100%. Every, everybody's ill. Everybody is not ill. <laughs> There's a lot of basically decent, ordered, healthy people out there. And then some people need a lot of help. And that's what I didn't like about this particular test because I'm, as I'm doing it and then as I'm answering the questions and as I'm looking at the results, I'm like, come, that's, come on. <laughs> that's so stupid. Just because I lose my keys once in a while. 530 on News Radio 92. <laughs> More often than I should. Yeah, um, I but that. that's, that's, that's laziness, not forgetfulness. That side is not willing to put in the extra work to put them in the right place in the first place. That's laziness. I know what that is. That's not a pathology. Not yet. David, what do you have coming up, sir? There was a fatal shooting at a big house party over the weekend. That and more after this update from Fox News. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Charges could be filed against more people there when Memphis police beat Tyree Nichols after a traffic stop. Five now former officers are charged with murder. Two deputies and two firefighters have been placed on leave. The protests here in Memphis have been small and largely peaceful, in part because the city has moved so quickly to fire, arrest, and charge all five former officers with murder. They make their first court appearance next month, and the funeral of 29-year-old Tyree Nichols set for Wednesday. Fox's Steve Harrigan. At least 32 people are reported killed in a suicide mosque bomb in Pakistan. There were around 200 people at the mosque, which is inside a high security zone in Peshawar. Most of the casualties were police officers. No one's claimed responsibility, but similar attacks in the past have been blamed on the Pakistani Taliban, a close ally of the group which governs neighboring Afghanistan. Fox's Jonathan Savage. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531. It's News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne, 70 degrees. It is mostly cloudy right now in Pensacola. A man was shot and killed at a large house party on Pin High Drive yesterday. The Scambia County Sheriff's Office says this happened at about 1 o'clock yesterday morning. Deputies got to the scene. They say they found a man with a gunshot wound to the chest. That man was taken to the hospital where he died from his injuries. And right now, there's no leads on a suspect. If you're going to be traveling past Graffiti Bridge today, take a look at the new mural that's been painted. It honors Okaloosa County Deputy Ray Hamilton, who was shot and killed recently on Christmas Eve while responding to a call in Fort Walton Beach. Family friend reached out to Graffiti Bridge to make that happen. Artists painted the tribute yesterday. CVS and Walmart are both going to be cutting pharmacy hours and closing some locations earlier because of, you guessed it, staffing shortages. Customers say even if a few stores were left open, it would still make getting medications a lot more difficult. That takes away the convenience of having a pharmacy close by because now you're searching for a pharmacy in your community, but it could be 20 minutes away. Both of the companies have announced they'll be scaling back hours at their pharmacies. Of course, they're still battling a shortage of pharmacists in other key positions. Uh, CVS will be adjusting hours at about two-thirds of their pharmacies, and uh, Walmart planning to reduce pharmacy hours as well by closing at 7 instead of 9 at most of its stores in the next month. A teenager's died after a motorcycle crash in South Florida. Police say a 13-year-old boy was hit by a motorcycle yesterday. The motorcyclist also taken to the hospital with serious injuries there. 
It is 5.33 at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 forecast. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We do have a chance of rain today, 20% chance of showers overall, otherwise mostly cloudy skies with a high near 74. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 61. As you go into Tuesday, small chance of rain will continue with a 10% chance of showers, high near 71. Tuesday night, temperatures dropping near 59. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News first morning weather team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson for the first morning weather center. And right now it is cloudy and 70 in Pensacola, 66 in Gulf Breeze, 67 in Milton. I'm David Wayne. This is News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Dependable and local news and talk with Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay in the mornings, 5 to 9. Followed by the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jenna Barr, mornings 9 to 11. Fox News personality Brian Kilmeade, 11 to 1. Dave Ramsey, 1 to 4. Pensacola Right Now with Bobby Rossi, afternoons 4 to 7. And Lars Larson, only on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support. Datarevs.com. Join the Great Southern Restaurant Group, home to the Fish House, Atlas, Jackson's, Angelina's, and Five Sisters this Wednesday on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 9. They'll be discussing events coming up this month. Valentine's Day dinner, Atlas Beverage Class, Venetian Carnival Supper Club at Angelina's, dinner and an aria at Jackson's Steakhouse, and Pensacon. That's all this Wednesday at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel with Great Southern Restaurants. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app. I wasn't looking for this, but now you're in my way. Your stare was holding, red chain skin was showing, hot night wind was blowing. Where you think you're going, baby? Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy. When I saw this agenda item, I immediately emailed Rebecca. I was actually in Gainesville at that leadership conference at the time, and I emailed Rebecca and said, isn't this the same company that did South and East Spencerfield Road? And she uh, acknowledged that it was. We had such a calamity with that intersection over two years ago. It was the first job this company had ever done in the county. They haven't done a major job since then that that name stuck out to me. And I think it's important that you understand the significance when over two years later, I see a contractor's name come up and it causes me concern when I'm in Gainesville. So this is at the Santa Rosa Board of County Commission meeting on Thursday. Sam had not been able to be at the Monday meeting because he had a, uh, an actual a board duty thing that he had to go be at. And so he wasn't able to really bring up his concerns. But on Thursday, they're voting on awarding the contract for construction of the Wallace Lake signal and road improvements there at Shemuckla Highway, the new K-8 school by the Piggly Wiggly. Okay, And it's a million-dollar contract for the lowest bidder. 
the you know the lowest bidder in this particular case was a CW Roberts, a million fifteen. The next lowest bidder was three trade consultants at a million two ninety seven, so about two hundred eighty thousand dollars more. Rhodes Inc. put in one at one three five five, another sixty grand above that, and then Shavers put in a bid at one six six six, another about three hundred thousand dollars more than Rhodes Inc. Okay, so pretty big spread from one point six to one point zero for the lowest bidder, and about three hundred thousand for the two in the middle. Just as backdrop, and Sam says, uh, you know, this company, uh, Roberts was in charge of the stuff at uh, the Spencerfield Road that was a, it, it was it was bad, it was really bad. It may have, he, he says it may have been a mistake and and I can move past mistakes Lord knows I've made plenty of them but it's just like uh, with my property business or your property management business you would do the same thing for a client if you have a contractor make a very significant mistake and it wasn't just a mistake that happened but it was weeks and weeks during that mistake where people would drive by and excuse well I will say a nice word, upset citizens. You can fill out in probably what I would have said, calls because as they drive by, there's no one there working on it and equipment just sitting on the side of the road as we drive by asphalt that had been totally milled up and then we're hitting potholes. So problems, okay? And I don't remember this project. I didn't, I don't live anywhere. I mean, I live in Escambia County. I don't live anywhere near that area. I know the area, but I I don't live there. I didn't deal with this. But what he says is, look, um, you know, we had a terrible experience. And when you have that, you don't give a company like that a big project after that. Probably had more calls over that project than any project we've ever had in the county of upset citizens. And that's why it sticks out in my mind. I'm all for giving them another chance. And I'm not bad mouthing the company. I'm telling you, that was a very bad experience. And Rebecca even recalls back when that happened, I said, I don't see us giving them anything in santa rosa county again you know that's it you you know you did us wrong one time and i might let you try something else but not that in fact i told him about this issue today he said and they weren't here now nobody was there there was nobody there from any of the companies that were involved in this uh but he says look i it's my job to watch out for the citizens and i won't do this to the citizens again quite frankly it's like i told brad If things go south and all I can go off of is the track record of what we had happen in this county on their last job, it don't affect Brad and Devan and Rebecca as far as getting bad mouth. It'll be us five gentlemen that people are going to be upset with. And after dealing with it once, there's no way that I'm going to subject myself to that knowingly, nor the citizens who would have to bear that burden. So he says, look, you know, I wouldn't mind giving them some smaller project or whatever, but, uh, you know, we're not putting them in part in charge of a million dollar major intersection where they, according to him, did so poorly on a far less significant intersection area of road work. I looked at the bid tabulation, which is in the backup. The next lowest bidder is three trade consultants. They are a local company. And I know for a fact that over the last six years, we've had times even where public works had problems with things and we send them out to do it. So um, I understand that it does cost a little more, but when I look at our capital budget for the year and you're talking about give or take a 1% change uh, for going with a company that I know that's local and that has done things on an intersection this big, uh, I would recommend that our board not go with the cheapest bidder and it is not that we're not trying to be good stewards of tax dollars, but that we quality sometimes is worth paying a little more for. 
that we go with the, the next cheapest bidder, uh, which would be three trade consultants. And I will be honest that, again, not having any knowledge about the prior job that he was talking about, but trusting his assessment, okay, I was amening from the pews. <laughs> because, listen, there are so many times that, you know, in government, we have, I will say it, too much care about the price tag and not enough care about the quality. I give you the sailfish sign. Right, we went with the lowest bidder, uh, <laughs> you know, and then we had to get the next bidder in to fix what the lowest bidder screwed up. Right, that's that's what we had to do. Um, I give you the three mile bridge. Scansco is the lowest bidder. Shock. Just I mean, right now, have they done a good job of just building the bridge? Sure, have they, I mean, you know, okay, but you know, one fairly catastrophic bad decision which they then handled in a far worse way and have ever since. You know, we've talked about this many times. Okay, we're, we're in jail litigation. Did You know, I, I don't know enough about the details to say, but you see this over and over again. Politicians accept a bid for the cheapest, and you know in your own life what happens when you buy the cheapest. That doesn't always work out the best. You make a decision about paying for quality, right? That's exactly what... And by the way, it is not a small difference. It's a million versus a million three. So you're talking about $300,000, 30% higher to go with the next bidder. But Sam Parker's like, I don't care what you say. I'm not putting a bid for those folks. And as far as I'm concerned, that's better stewardship of the money. Because you're trying to get the project done properly. And if three very well-known companies all bid significantly higher, and then this one company comes in at a 30% underbid, could be that they're really good and really cheap. Or, <laughs> you know, right? There's an or. It could be that that million is not a realistic bid for the quality work that you need. So James Calkins, it's actually in his district, says... I appreciate you, Commissioner Parker. Uh, I fully agree with that. And uh, if you're willing to make a motion, I will second that motion. And so then you get the citizens. And, you know, there, in this case, it was only one. But uh, Sherry Chapman just likes to talk about everything and always thinks she knows everything about everything. And, look, citizens are fine. I try not to pick on citizens because they're not elected officials, okay? Um, but she comes in and says... Uh, yes, I think that we also need to look at the state statutes. I think they require to go with the lowest, lowest bidder. And I think in order to discredit this builder from being... Given that, we would have to keep him from doing business in the county altogether. So I think it's a very big liability to even consider this. Okay, so she says you're not allowed to do this, and uh, Sam Parker's like, the hell I'm not. <laughs> yes, we definitely can. Some decisions are really easy. And when somebody doesn't do good work, whether it's a mechanic on your car or a carpenter in your house, you don't call them back when you got an even more important job you don't buy, mm -hmm. you don't go from, hey, you work, you screwed up my pickup, but now I just bought a brand new Cadillac and I need you to change the brakes on it. Nobody in their right mind does that. That's ex ex exactly. And he says, no judge is going to disagree with my reasoning. No judge is going to tell me that I'm crazy for thinking that we didn't get good work one time, therefore we shouldn't go back to him again on a similar or larger size, pro size project. Uh, Colton Wright asks the attorney, because the attorney, Tom Danheiser, had actually chimed in and said, Hey, I, I don't know about this only because I haven't had a chance to look at any of these documents. Okay? Um, and so he, was, he wasn't he was saying no. He was just saying, 
I can't guide you in this because I wasn't aware that this was going to be a thing, so I haven't had a chance to look at this. So Colton Wright asks him, well, can we pick the not lowest bidder? Are we allowed? Because there's been an allegation. There's a state statute on that. There's not. Question for Tom. Statutorily, are we required to go with the lowest bidder, or are we given the opportunity as a board to make a decision that is in the best interest of the, of the county? No, you can, you can pick the best in the best interest of the county if they're a qualifying builder. But I don't know how these specs the specific wording of this request for bids i'm just totally have no background on it okay and so he just says yeah you you're you're fine to go with it just i can't give you guidance on this okay and he says look um cheaper isn't always better i sympathize with the concerns here i'm going to trust the uh the the it's sam's not the district commissioner but trust the guy who knows that area you know because colton lives down in uh, gulf breeze tiger point you know that's his area he doesn't know chamuckla highway and you know the way Sam and uh, James Hawkins do. Okay, so then Kerry Smith, who's one of the two new members on the board district, who took over for Bob Cole. Well, why not go with Shavers then? I mean. And he, by the way, he doesn't mean that as a, well, I think Shavers is better. He means, how do we pick any of these since all we've got to go on is the ranking of the bids? Why are we just going with the next? Who's to guarantee that they're the best one to do the job is my point. Uh, I'm coming into this brand new, so I don't, I think that I'd need more time to look at it at this point because now I need to do some digging. I'm not going to just knee-jerk and say, okay, well, three trades is the best one. He's not here either. I mean, nobody's here. Yeah, exactly. Nobody was there because nobody thought this was going to be an item particularly. Although, well, the, the one that was the lowest bid were apparently aware and said, no, we're not going to come. We're not going to be there, which to me tells me something too. Okay, Uh, so Carrie Smith says, I don't know, you know, what we should really do is restart this whole process. If we're going to say no to the lowest bidder, we should start the whole process. Um, I don't think you need to do that. I think Sam is bringing again. I don't know the facts of the earlier case, but I know Sam. Okay, and if he says this was a giant cluster. I trust his assessment of that. And he says this is a huge project. It's in Commissioner Calkins' district. It affects my district greatly, uh, those people traveling north and south. It needs to get done, uh, and I hate to have to say anything bad about a company, but at the end of the day— He's trying not to. As y'all talk about, people elect me to be good stewards of the county. We had a mishap. I'm aware of it, and that's why I'm bringing it to y'all's attention. Um, so I, I can appreciate that, though, Mr. Smith. And if you don't feel comfortable with it, absolutely just vote against it would be my recommendation. Uh, I'm going to make a motion that we go with the— Second lowest bidder, which was three trade consultants, and move forward with the project. And I'll make that motion. I mean, you already had three. You had him and James and Colton, and nobody knows what Raddington's going to do because he doesn't talk. Um, but then they went ahead and voted, and then, sure enough, four to one with Kerry Smith opposed. They went with uh, three trades. By the way, one of the comments about three trades was there are times when the public works department gets into a mess and they call three trades to bail them out. <laughs> like that's the relationship they have with the county. You know, very well known, very well established, lots of track record, successful company. And so basically, Sam's like, look, we're just going to take that one off the list. Next best, lowest bidder, three trades, go with them. And again, it's $300,000 more. But pay for quality and you pay for the assurance that it's going to be done right by a company that you know and trust and not just because the other is unknown but because they have this negative track record and again i was just a many i was surprised anybody raised objections about this this is what you want government to do to me this is what i want government to do i thought this was good governance now one thing that had been brought up is well the only way you could really say no to the low bidder was if you disqualified them from working in the county like you told took away their business license or banner no you don't 
But what you should do, and I don't, pardon me not knowing this, I will certainly ask the county administrators, you know, when I get them on the line. Um, but it seems to me, maybe I'm naive for thinking this, or maybe it's obvious, but okay. It seems to me that every time you do a project, you should have an after report. And the after report is, well, they were fantastic, or, you know, they were okay, or no, don't do them again. <laughs> you know, like, just like anybody does in your life, right? You go to a mechanic and you don't like how you were treated, you don't go back. Now, you don't maybe go down and write down the numbers, but I think that the counties, the cities, if you contract with somebody, there should be an evaluation after of how well the work was done. And if it's a long-term project, you come back in five years and you go back and you just look at it again and say, you know, maybe something showed up later that we didn't know about. And create a record so that you have some kind of an evaluative framework for contractors and subs and people who do work for the county instead of just always looking at the lowest bid. Because you got to factor quality into the judgment. See, and if they'd have been doing that, then there'd be a big old note next to this company that said, mm-mm. <laughs> right? But you should be proactive in that way. The, I mean, any government should have that. So why don't we do that? Well, I mean, we can, right? We should. 550 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. This is Mike Wiggins. I don't have to tell you that winter can be tough on our lawns and gardens, but there is much to be done, such as planting winter annuals and getting ready for spring. And remember, if you've got lawn and garden questions, we've got the answers on the guard line every Tuesday morning from 9 until 10 and 8 to 9 on Saturdays. The Garden Line, only on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. We all do it. Joining online home improvement groups and saving our favorite kitchens, thinking, someday. But a kitchen remodel seems too expensive and time-consuming, right? Actually, you would be surprised at how affordable and efficient it can be. And with Home Outlet, you have access to the largest selection of in-stock cabinets, plus completely free kitchen planning services. Let the experienced designers at Home Outlet help you turn Sunday into today. Visit your local 100% employee-owned Home Outlet to get started. Join Claimology Thursday morning at 1030 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Matthew Vanderford with Claimology will be talking about insurance claims. He'll be discussing storms claims as well as the importance of being properly insured prior to a storm and inspections after a storm. Matthew will be taking calls to answer your questions so you'll know what you need before the next storm arrives. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3 and 95.3. Listen on the AM dial at 1620. I'm afraid I'm going to have to pull rank on you. I didn't want to have to do this. I'm with the mattress, please. There are no tags on these mattresses. Even know you needed some red hot chili peppers this morning. <laughs> Not and this one. Yet you did. 
553 on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. You know, well, a couple of a couple of things. One is I got a note in here that uh, says, uh, look, there is a a uh, portion of state statute that does deal with uh, the Consultants Competitive Negotiation Act uh, 287055, which applies to engineering architecture, surveying, and landscape architecture. Uh, don't know if that intersection requires engineering, but if it does, that one may apply. The bid could be challenged as unlawfully constructed. Um, again, I I don't know the terrain legally. Uh, if Dan, if Judge Danheiser says that it's not required for them to go with the lowest bidder, then I'll trust that. That may have been the thing that Sherry was was uh, referring to in her comments, and if so, fine. Uh, I, again, I don't know the legal terrain here, and I don't know the, the particular b- project that they were alleged to have messed up before, and I don't know the company. But I like that way of thinking. And I want my government officials to be thinking in productive, effective, reliable ways, and that's what I thought they were doing in this case. They were thinking, ab- they were thinking about the problem with facts I don't have, the way I would want to think about it, and I would think I would think about it if I had those facts. That was the idea. Four three seven sixteen twenty four three seven sixteen twenty. Somebody here says that's a fantastic idea. Can you ask the city administrators why feedback records aren't being accomplished? I will. I absolutely will. Uh, with the, the idea that you ought to have a you know uh, an evaluation after an after action report that goes on the record that we can go in there and look and say you know these guys your Amazon rankings your eBay rankings you know how's that company doing in our opinion, based on our experts after the fact. Absolutely, we should have that. You know, this company can be a B plus. That company is an A minus. That company, that's a D. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, thank you. Even if they bid half the price of anybody else, right? That's the thing you should have access to. 554 News Radio 92.3. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Thousands of people across the U.S. have been protesting the death of Tyree Nichols. There were demonstrations over the weekend in uh, Los Angeles, Baltimore, Dallas, Milwaukee, Phoenix, uh, of course, is Memphis as well. Although, uh, from what I've seen, it looks like uh, there was nothing, nothing like there was uh, a couple of years ago. The uh, three former Twitter executives set to appear before the House Oversight Committee next month. The testimony will be concerning the social media company's decision to censor the New York Post's article on Hunter Biden's laptop in the weeks leading up to the 2020 election. And the youngest cast member from the 60s TV series The Addams Family has passed away. Lisa Loring uh, played Wednesday Addams. She Uh passed away on Saturday after a massive stroke. Her friend posted on social media that uh, she'd been on life support for several days. Apparently, uh, the medical condition was brought on by high blood pressure. Mm, Interesting. And by the way, I saw a thing over the weekend, just because we're talking about Addams Family. Lurch, the actor who played Lurch, is from here. Yes, he really? used to be on. And he used to, C- he was used to on be COA, the anchor on COA, like, yeah, like a thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My friend Paula Peterson worked with him because she told me that, and I was like, "Bull crap!" Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? It seems like the kind of thing he somebody sure would make did. up. Yeah, Ted he, something. Yeah, yeah, but. and he did pole sitting outside the mm-hmm. San Carlos Hotel, and Isn't that you know, neat? I know. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. and just a very cool guy. That's he what I hear. Always speak like that. He's like, that was just his Rang. voice. Yeah, he said he was the <laughs> nicest person ever. But yeah, he was here. I know, I know. That's just Part wild. Just like you, Radio Royalty. David, thanks so much for the update. 556 on News Radio 92.3. Uh, somebody here says, uh, Andrew, you've also went in these low bids. you got to factor in change orders as well. Low bidders sometimes end up costing a lot more, and many companies bank on this with their low bids. Right, right. You can come in and, you know, oh, well, we didn't see that. <laughs> you know, that's, that, and I, I'm, I'm not alleging they're doing that. I'm just saying that is a fact that we often have to deal with, and that is one of the flaws 
when it comes to uh, companies that come in with the low bid is the possibility to change orders later, obviously. 437-1620, 437-1620. Somebody says the new Pensacola Beach sign looks better than the original. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I, well, uh, no, I, I can't say. I was not. I still have not put my eyes on the new functioning sign at night, which I will, um, but I just haven't gotten down to Gulf Breeze uh, since it lit up. But um, it looks fantastic, and I had never seen the original one either. I had only seen videos of the original well, one. I'm going to second that statement. Is it? I have, and I have, and it's great. Yeah, I think it's better, too. You would think so, mm-hmm. and with the LED and the kind of control they can apply uh, through LED, I mean, you know, I would think it's brighter. fantastic. Right? I love it. 557 here on News Radio 92.3. What else do we have going on? Oh, <laughs> this is... I just I see stories that I'm, I mean honestly like I'm not embarrassed to share them I just think it's it's so dumb. There's a company out there that there's a mattress company that's offering people a thousand dollars to eat cheese and sleep. I'm in. Uh, where no do offense, I sign but I'm up? Quit. Like you know, yeah, I mean, done. Thousand bucks. So this, is, but this is the question. What they're trying to do is they're trying to dispel a persistent urban legend or myth which says that if you eat dairy products right before you go to bed, then you have nightmares. Mm-hmm. So here's my question. In your entire life, have you ever heard that? Not until like last week. Suddenly it popped up yeah. and there was some sort of video that was on YouTube. It was like, if you eat cheese before bed, you're going to have nightmares. Bull. <laughs> but I eat I cheese said, like all the this time. This is the not most biggest nonsense. So I have never heard that rumor slash allegation. I never really thought about it, but. I think it's a bunch of nonsense. Um, I, 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 I am a late eater. Okay. I'm, we, we eat weird times. You know, we're in morning radio. You eat. No, I hear you. You just have an odd schedule. Um, I just put yeah. a bag of Cheetos and two muffins, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a Rockstar Energy drink. So what they want to do is they're gonna they're gonna pay you to eat cheese before you go to bed, and then report on whether you have nightmares or not. Then they're gonna try you know different kinds of cheeses, you know, to do a a sample in order to figure out if some cheeses are more prone than others for causing you the bad dreams. And all I heard was, so you're gonna pay me to eat cheese and sleep. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, This if, if anything in. was invented for me, this right. is me. I feel like you wrote and me the job you. description that that's I've right. been dreaming about in my non-nightmares. You know, right. that's the <laughs> fantasy, right? Bring it on home. Can we do this long term? How about for 20 years or so? I'm I in. I know, I know. 559 here I on volunteer news- as tribute. <laughs> uh, the Milton Mardi Gras Parade comes up on uh, Saturday. Crew of Airship Pirates. Uh, let the good times roll down Stewart Street in Milton. Always a good time. Jernigan's Landing after party. For uh, live music vendors and lots of fun. It's been doing that for a couple of years. It's a big, a good old big time. Um, the good old big time. Mm-hmm. That's me, Grammar King. Uh, for more information, go to newsradio923.com. We'll be back in just a minute. Local talk during the day with Jenna Barr, 9 to 11, is on. News Radio 923, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. Reaction to the Tyree Nichols video by a legal analyst. Also, a woman was hit and killed by a vehicle on I-10. We'll have those stories and more after this update from Fox News. 